Welcome back, intrepid listeners, to the gripping saga of Operation Apollo, where the stage is set in the dusty landscapes of Kandahar, Afghanistan. If part one left you on the edge of your seat, part two is about to plunge you even deeper into the heart of this intricate military odyssey. We've seen the chess pieces being strategically positioned in the city, observed the delicate dance between coalition forces and a population caught in the crossfire of geopolitics. Now, brace yourself as we delve into the next chapter, where operations intensify, plans evolve, and the very fabric of Kandahar's reality is woven with the threads of covert missions and unexpected consequences. Part 2 promises a roller coaster of intrigue, unforeseen challenges, and the unyielding spirit of those navigating the complex terrain of Operation Apollo. Buckle up, the adventure continues. In Part 1 of our riveting series on Operation Apollo, we embarked on a journey through the turbulent landscapes of Kandahar, Afghanistan, amid the broader canvas of Operation Enduring Freedom. The narrative unfolded between February and July 2002, revealing the intricate dance of various actors, including the Shirzai Afghan Militian Force and the 19th Special Forces Group. As the AMF and the SFGA sought to establish control in Afghandahar, a loose network of checkpoints emerged, and the contours of contingency plan Python were sketched. The city witnessed specific special operations and raids offering a glimpse into the challenges faced by coalition forces, the significance of key sites under special operations control. The episode concluded with Operation Full Throttle, a large-scale mission with Canadian involvement, bringing forth triumphs and tragic consequences, setting the stage for the evolving dynamics in the region. Part 1 unveiled the foundation of Operation Apollo, exploring the strategies, setbacks, and triumphs in Kandahar during this critical period. The city's intricate dance between special operations, intelligence efforts, and the ever-present threat of Taliban insurgency laid the groundwork for the subsequent chapters of Our Unfolding Fate. The episode encapsulated the early stages of Canada's significant contribution to the international fight against Al-Qaeda, setting the stage for the unforeseen twists and turns awaiting us. In Part 2, our journey through Operation Apollo deepens, navigating the complexities of Kandahar's socio-political landscape from May to July 2002. The aftermath of Operation Full Throttle looms large, revealing the intricate consequence of a mission halted abruptly due to tactical errors and civilian casualties. As the international coalition grapples with the fallout, the city becomes a crucible of reactions, with an antagonized population and a delicate balance between the educated and uneducated strata. The episode delves into Operation Cherokee Sky, a strategic endeavor to shake up Zibul province, offering insights into the challenges faced by Canadian forces, intricate intelligence efforts, and a delicate dance of maneuver to collect that would become a staple later in Canadian operations. Amid the rugged terrain and strategic maneuvers, Part 2 paints a vivid picture of the evolving dynamics in Kandahar, highlighting the unintended consequences and strategic recalibrations that mark this crucial phase of Operation Apollo. The podcast unveils the resilience of Canadian forces and their enduring commitment to international efforts against terrorism, setting the stage for further revelations and complexities in episodes to come. My name is James, and I'm the host of Canada and Afghanistan, the podcast. Canada's involvement in Operation Enduring Freedom carried significant implications on multiple fronts. Firstly, 
had served as a tangible expression of Canada's commitment to the international fight against Al-Qaeda, particularly in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks. By actively participating in Operation Apollo, Canada played a crucial role in dismantling the Taliban shield and contributed to sensitive site exploitation missions. This involvement provided valuable insights into Al-Qaeda activities, offering the coalition a better understanding of the terrorist organization's operations. This enhanced intelligence, in turn, facilitated broader counterterrorism efforts worldwide, demonstrating Canada's commitment beyond symbolic gestures. Secondly, Operation Apollo's ground component, with its various operations in Kandahar, from securing base areas to providing quick reaction force support, showcased Canada's real and substantive contribution to the mission in Afghanistan. Despite some advocating for a symbolic commitment with minimal risk, Canada's military engagement reflected the operating environment, national pride, and professionalism. The Canadian Army's contributions were instrumental in coordinating tasks, augmenting intelligence, surveillance, target acquisition, reconnaissance capabilities, and ensuring the success of Operation Enduring Freedom in 2002. This operational experience in Kandahar laid the groundwork for Canada's extensive recommitment to southern Afghanistan in 2005 marking an unintended but important precursor to future engagements in the region. Overall, Canada's involvement in Operation Enduring Freedom had lasting implications, shaping its role in subsequent military operations and international coalitions. Canada's commitment to dismantling the Taliban shield in Operation Enduring Freedom, particularly through Operation Apollo, revealed a resolute dedication to countering global terrorism. Beyond symbolic gestures, Canada actively engaged in sensitive site exploitation missions contributing to the unveiling of the Taliban's protective cover for al-Qaeda. By stripping away this shield, Canada demonstrated that extended beyond rhetoric, showcasing a readiness to confront and neutralize threats emanating from the Taliban and al-Qaeda. This revealed commitment had broader implications, not only for the success of Operation Enduring Freedom, but also for international efforts to counteract terrorist organizations. Canada's active participation in dismantling the Taliban shield contributed valuable intelligence to the coalition, shedding light on al-Qaeda's activities and intentions. The revelation of this information was pivotal in facilitating coordinated counterterrorism operations, strengthening the collective understanding of the terrorist landscape. In essence, Canada's commitment to dismantling the Taliban shield was not just a military endeavor, it was a strategic move that showcased its dedication to addressing the root causes of global terrorism and promoting international security. Sensitive site exploitation missions conducted during Operation Apollo played a crucial role in deepening the understanding of Al-Qaeda's operations and intentions. By actively engaging in SSE, Canada, as part of the coalition forces, sought to uncover valuable intelligence that would expose the Taliban's protective cover for Al-Qaeda. The impact of SSE missions went beyond mere military operations. It was a strategic effect to unravel the intricacies of al-Qaeda's presence in Afghanistan. Through SSE, coalition forces, including Canadian troops, gathered information on the ground that provided insights into al-Qaeda's networks, leadership structures, and operational tactics. The recovered materials, such as documents, computers, and other intelligence sources, became invaluable in deciphering al-Qaeda's plans and identifying key figures within the organization. The intelligence gleaned from SSE not only contributed to the success of Operation Enduring Freedom in 2002, but also laid the groundwork for subsequent counterterrorism efforts globally. In essence, the impact of SSE missions went beyond the immediate military gains. It significantly enhanced the coalition's understanding of al-Qaeda's activities, 
fostering a more comprehensive and informed approach to counterterrorism. These efforts were instrumental in dismantling the Taliban shield and disrupting al-Qaeda's operations, contributing to the broader mission of promoting international security and countering the global threat of terrorism. Operation Apollo's ground component, particularly the contributions made by the Canadian forces, played a multifaceted and tangible role in the success of Operation Enduring Freedom. Firstly, it signified Canada's resolute commitment to the international fight against al-Qaeda following the 9-11 attacks. Beyond symbolism, the ground operations had a significant impact on the mission in Afghanistan, securing critical base areas like Kandahar Airfield and Chapman Airfield. The establishment of a secure operational environment was vital for the success of subsequent missions and coalition efforts in the region. The tangible contributions extended to providing quick reaction forces for special operation extraction, augmenting intelligence, surveillance, target acquisition, reconnaissance capabilities, and facilitating coordination among coalition forces. Securing CAF and other key locations ensured operational bases for coalition activities and safeguarded against potential threats from anti-coalition elements. The Canadian forces' involvement in contingency plan Python demonstrated strategic foresight in planning for unforeseen circumstances, adding a layer of preparedness to the mission. Moreover, the ground operations, including special reconnaissance, raids, and the establishment of checkpoints, were instrumental in gathering actionable intelligence, disrupting enemy activities, and enhancing the overall security situation. The inadvertent but significant precursor to Canada's extensive recommitment to southern Afghanistan in 2005 showcased the lasting impact of Operation Apollo's ground component. In essence, the tangible contribution of Operation Apollo's ground component underscored Canada's active role in dismantling terrorist networks, securing strategic locations, and contributing to the broader goals of international security and counterterrorism efforts. Securing base areas like Kandahar Airfield and Chapman Airfield was of paramount significance in the success of Operation Enduring Freedom, particularly during Operation Apollo. These bases served as critical operation hubs for coalition forces, providing essential logistical support, intelligence capabilities, and a secure foothold for conducting missions in Afghanistan. CAF, in particular, played a central role as a major air transportation hub and a key node for coordinating military activities in the southern region. The strategic importance of securing these base areas lay in establishing a secure and stable operational environment. By fortifying CAF and Chapman Airfield, coalition forces created secure bases from which they could launch operations, conduct reconnaissance, and coordinate with other allied forces. The bases facilitated the rapid deployment of troops, equipment, supplies, enabling quick response to emerging threats and dynamic situations. Moreover, the secure base areas served as a deterrent to anti-coalition elements and insurgent forces. The presence of coalition forces in these strategically located bases acted as a stabilizing force, preventing the consolidation of hostile environments and contributing to the overall security in the region. The control of these bases also enabled effective intelligence gathering, surveillance, and reconnaissance, enhancing the coalition's situational awareness and operational capabilities. In essence, the significance of securing base areas like CAF and Chapman Airfield extended beyond mere military logistics. It was a critical step in establishing a secure operational foundation, ensuring the success of subsequent missions and projecting coalition influence in the region. 
The Quick Reaction Force played a pivotal role in the success of special operations extraction during Operation Apollo in 2002. In the dynamic and unpredictable environment of Afghanistan, where special operation forces conducted raids, direct actions, and intelligence-gathering missions, the need for a rapid response capability was paramount. The QRF was a specialized force strategically positioned and ready to react swiftly to any unforeseen circumstances, ensuring the safety and success of special operations personnel. The primary responsibility of the QRF was to provide immediate support in the event of emergencies, extractions, or threats to coalition forces engaged in special operations. This included scenarios where helicopters were unavailable, the weather conditions were unfavorable, or there was a need for ground-based extraction. The flexibility of the QRF made it a crucial asset in addressing contingencies that couldn't be fully anticipated during mission planning. In the context of Operation Apollo, the QRF was specifically designed to execute air mobile extractions using CH-47 helicopters. However, recognizing the challenges inherent in relying on solely air assets, Contingency Plan Python was developed to create a ground option for extraction. This ground option involved a well-equipped force, including coyotes, bisons, and Nyala engineer vehicles, ready to extract Special Forces personnel from the city as required. The QRF's role extended beyond mere extraction. It also encompassed the capability to respond to threats, demonstrations, or other forms of violence in the operational areas. The QRF's strategic positioning and preparedness ensured that it could rapidly deploy to critical sites, including the Governor's Guesthouse, Central Police Station, Governor's Palace, and other key locations under coalition control. In essence, the Quick Reaction Force was a vital component of the operational agility and adaptability of coalition forces during special operations in Afghanistan. Its ability to respond swiftly to emerging situations contributed significantly to the overall success of Operation Apollo by ensuring the safety and effectiveness of special operations personnel engaged in complex and high-risk missions. While Canada did not participate in some of the major actions like Shawalikot Valley, the ground operations in Kandahar established a tangible presence and demonstrated the Canadian Army's professionalism and capability in a challenging and operational environment. The contributions included securing key locations, providing quick reaction forces for special operations extraction, and augmenting intelligence, surveillance, target acquisition, and reconnaissance capabilities. The unintended consequence of these operations was a realization that Canada's involvement in Afghanistan was not a one-time commitment, but rather a precursor to further engagements. The groundwork laid by the Canadian forces in 2002 showcased their ability to operate in complex and dynamic environments. This, in turn, influenced the decision to recommit to southern Afghanistan in 2005 with a more substantial and long-term mission in Kandahar province. The experience gained during Operation Apollo became instrumental and shaping Canada's role in subsequent years, reflecting the evolving nature of its commitment to the stability and security in Afghanistan. Several years after the initial ground operations in Kandahar in 2002, the unexpected return to the city marked a significant development in Canadian military engagement. In 2005, the Canadian Army recommitted to Kandahar province, taking on a more substantial role in protecting the city from escalating insurgent activity. This return was not foreseen when Canada initially participated in Operation Apollo, but it reflected a changing landscape in Afghanistan and evolving nature of the conflict. The Canadian Army played a crucial role in providing security and stability to Kandahar. Facing the challenges of an increasingly complex and hostile environment, the decision to protect the city 
showcased Canada's commitment to the broader mission of enhancing security and stability in Afghanistan. The experience gained during the early operations in 2002 likely influenced the strategic thinking behind the recommitment, as Canadian forces were now better equipped to navigate the intricate dynamics of the region. This unexpected return to Kandahar represented a continuity in Canada's commitment to Afghanistan, underscoring the dynamic nature of military operations and the need to adapt to emerging challenges. It also highlighted the enduring impact of the groundwork laid during Operation Apollo, as it contributed to shaping Canada's role in subsequent years and its significant involvement in the ongoing efforts to stabilize the region. The Tarnak Farms incident unfolded on the night of April 17, 2002. In the midst of Operation Apollo, Tarnak Farms, situated near Kandahar Airfield in Afghanistan, served as a desert training range where live-fire exercises were conducted to simulate combat scenarios. During this particular night, a U.S. Air National Guard F-16 fighter jet engaged in a training exercise intended to simulate an attack on an enemy position. Unfortunately, a sequence of miscommunications and procedural errors led to a tragic mistake. In a devastating turn of events, the F-16 mistakenly targeted a group of Canadian soldiers who were actively engaged in their own nighttime live-fire training exercise at Tarnak Farms. The fighter jet dropped a laser-guided bomb on the Canadian troops, resulting in the fatalities of four soldiers, Sergeant Mark Leger, Corporal Ainsworth Dyer, Private Richard Green, and Private Nathan Smith. Additionally, eight other Canadian soldiers suffered injuries in the incident. The aftermath of the bombing sent shockwaves through both the Canadian and U.S. military establishments and prompted an immediate investigation into the circumstances surrounding the tragedy. The subsequent investigation into Tarnak Farms revealed critical lapses in communication and coordination between the U.S. and Canadian military authorities. It highlighted the complexities and the risks associated with conducting live-fire training exercises in multinational coalition settings, emphasizing the need for stringent adherence to established protocols. The incident characterized by an unfortunate confluence of factors, underscored the importance of clear communication channels and effective collaboration to prevent such a catastrophic error in future joint military operations. The Tarnak Farms incident remained a poignant chapter in the history of international military cooperation, serving as a stark reminder of the human costs when operational procedures fall short. The aftermath of the Tarnak Farms incident highlighted the challenges and risks associated with joint multinational operations, emphasizing the importance of communication and coordination to prevent such tragic mistakes. The incident had a lasting impact on the military operations in the region and underscored the need for stringent safety measures during training exercises. In the aftermath of the Tarnak Farms incident, there emerged a poignant and lasting tribute to commemorate the fallen. The soldiers from A Company, along with members of the Assault Pioneers and a member of 12 Field Squadron, collaborated to design a memorial cairn. This memorial, a tradition for deployed Canadian units, sought to honour the sacrifice of those who lost their lives in service. The design of the monument evolved into an Inukshuk, structure inspired by Inuit hunting and navigation aids from Canada's northern regions. This choice added a distinctive Canadian touch to the memorial, symbolising both remembrance and resilience. The construction of the monument involved inscribing granite tiles with the symbols representing the unit's lost personnel, creating a powerful and personalized tribute. The Inukshuk, completed by the end of the tour, stood as a tangible reminder of the early days of Operation Enduring Freedom and the human cost it entailed for Canadian, American, and Australian soldiers.
The memorial's significance extended beyond its physical presence. It served as a portable yet enduring symbol, witnessing displacements from the International Terminal to the Taliban Last Stand Terminal and eventually finding a place at the Kaf Boardwalk. The Anukshuk, with its inscribed tiles, became a testament to the shared sacrifice and commitment of the coalition forces, leaving an indelible mark on the landscape of Kandahar Airfield, continuing to resonate as a solemn reminder of the price paid in the pursuit of peace and security. The Tarnak Farms incident had a profound and lasting impact on the Canadian public, stirring a range of emotions, from shock and sorrow to question about Canada's military involvement in Afghanistan. The incident marked the first combat-related deaths of Canadian soldiers since the Korean War, and it occurred during a joint training exercise with the U.S. forces, adding a layer of complexity to its repercussions. One of the immediate effects was a surge of grief and sympathy across the country. The loss of four Canadian soldiers struck a chord with the public, leading to a collective mourning period. Families, friends, and communities were deeply affected by the tragic news, and the incident brought a human cost of military engagement to the forefront of the public consciousness. The incident also triggered debates and discussions about Canada's role in the U.S.-led coalition in Afghanistan. Some questioned the necessity and risks of Canadian military involvement, while others sought accountability and transparency regarding the circumstances that led to the friendly fire incident. This event contributed to a broader conversation about the nature of Canada's military commitments and the challenges associated with participating in multinational operations. In essence, the Tarnak Farms incident became a focal point reflecting on the consequences of war, the complexities of international alliances, and the sacrifices made by the Canadian forces. It influenced public perception of military engagements abroad and contributed to ongoing discussions about Canada's role in global conflicts. Operation Cherokee Sky, carried out in July 2002, was a strategic mission aimed at exploring Zabul Province, Afghanistan, to gather intelligence and enhance connections between the Afghan Interim Administration and the Zabul Provincial Administration. The operation featured the collaboration of Rekhi Platoon from 3PPCLI and a Special Forces ODA codenamed Python. Operating in high-lux vehicles and desert attire, Rekhi Platoon conducted reconnaissance to assess the province's infrastructure and identify potential enemy targets. Two companies from 3PPCLI, B and C companies, executed an air assault using U.S. Army CH-47 Chinooks, landing in specific search areas with known caves suspected of harboring enemy elements. Simultaneously, Major Tom Bradley's recce squadron, along with Echelon, traveled via Highway 1 to Kalat from Kandahar. The operation included coordination with the governor of Kalat, resulting in the transfer of 20 SA-7 surface-to-air missiles from the AMF to Special Forces. Despite B and C companies not finding significant enemy presence during their cave searches, the mission pivoted to focus on the Shinke Valley. In the Shinke Valley, B and C companies established blocking positions, while a combined force of Reki Squadron, Special Forces, and AMF moved by ground through the valley, conducting search operations. Although no significant contacts occurred, the operation provided valuable intelligence and showcased the coalition's freedom of movement in the mountainous regions near the Pakistan border. Operation Cherokee Sky became a prototype for subsequent Canadian operations in Afghanistan, emphasizing a maneuver-to-collect approach to intelligence gathering. The operation's success lay not only in its primary objectives, but also contributing to Operation Enduring Freedom's broader understanding of provincial dynamics, facilitating subsequent coalition operations in the region. 
Despite the lack of significant enemy engagements, Cherokee Sky played a crucial role in shaping the operational landscape and set the stage for future Canadian contributions in southern Afghanistan. As we conclude Part 2 of Operation Apollo, the intricate tapestry of Canada's involvement in Operation Enduring Freedom begins to reveal both the valorous triumphs and the poignant complexities of military endeavours. From the resolute actions of the 3 PPCLI battle group in Kandahar to the challenges faced in Operation Full Throttle, we witness the dynamic interplay between strategy and unpredictable nature of conflict. The monument at Kandahar Airfield, standing resilient amidst the shifting terminals, becomes an important symbol of sacrifice and a testament to the enduring legacy of those who served. As we navigate through the intricate chapters of Operation Apollo, take a moment to reflect on the sacrifices and unwavering contributions made by the men and women of the Canadian Army during Operation Enduring Freedom. The landscape of conflict is multifaceted, revealing tales of valor, unforeseen challenges, and the enduring spirit of those who served. In this episode, we've explored the dynamic operations in Kandahar and the aftermath of unexpected turns post-Operation Full Throttle. The monument at Kandahar Airfield, etched with the symbols of lost personnel, stands as a silent tribute to the indomitable courage of our soldiers. In our next episode, the focus shifts to the emergence of the Provincial Reconstruction Teams, or PRTs, in Afghanistan and Canada's strategic planning for its involvement. Originally conceived as a Joint Regional Team, or JRTs, these teams were designed to work alongside Afghan militia forces, addressing causes of instability and fostering ties between remote areas and the central government. As the concept evolved into PRTs, their objectives expand to include promoting stability, ensuring reconstruction, and engaging local Afghan leadership. However, Canada faced challenges in contributing to PRTs due to the unavailable specialist forces and opted to link the PRT concept to its exit strategy for the Kabul Multinational Brigade commitment. The strategic intent of the Canadian government was to prevent Afghanistan from becoming a failed state, emphasizing the stability of the region and preventing the return of terrorist groups. The chapter underscores the deliberative decision-making process within Canada's planning apparatus. Options considered included joining the International Security Assistance Force in Kabul, participating in Operation Enduring Freedom PRTs, or pursuing both missions sequentially. Amid challenges and considerations, Canada ultimately committed to leading the KMNB for one year, acknowledging its limitations in higher-level command and intelligence capabilities. The text reveals a nuanced approach where Canada planned to remain part of ISAF after relinquishing command, highlighting a deliberate pause to reset the Army for future commitments. Furthermore, it suggests that Canada was contemplating a PRT as early as 2003, indicating a forward-looking strategy beyond its immediate involvement in Kabul. The initiation of Operation Athena marked a crucial step in Canada's comprehensive engagement in Afghanistan. Until next time, stay curious, stay informed, and may the echoes of our shared history Got us forward. Thank you.